past nine o'clock and it's time for the Riviera Wellbeing Window. Morning to Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing who's with me. Gavin. Yes, good it's morning. All, it's all about stress and burnout. <laughs> uh, so, well, well, we've got a few questions that have come in from listeners, but if you do have a question to put to Gavin, you've still got time, studio at rivieradio.mc. Uh, to begin with, let's face it, we've had a pandemic, Brexit, uh, Trump, a cost of living <laughs> crisis, climate change, and aren't we all a bit stressed and burned out? God, what side of the bed did you get out of this morning? <laughs> um, as if we needed reminding. Um I think we are um, stressed and we'll talk a little bit about burnout, but probably more of us are stressed and burned out because there are so many external stressors at the moment in our um, geopolitical environment that that will have an impact on us. Um, And, you know, this is a really huge topic, not just for mental health reasons, But also um, when you look at the impact that stress has on the economy. So 60% of absenteeism at work, according to the American Psychological Association, 60% of it is due to stress. And they estimate that burnout costs the um, the US economy between 150 to $350 billion annually. So when we do talk about things like Brexit and Trump and cost of living and the impact it's having on us, the impact is not just on ourselves individually, but on us collectively, globally. Yeah, well, those figures are quite well surprising, yes and no. But before we move on to, to that, but how would you define stress? And, and is it always a bad thing to be stressed? No, stress can be, stress can be good. So we often talk about good stress and bad stress. Good stress, which we define as something called eustress. Um, good stress is something which will motivate me. It energizes me to complete a task. It's the, you know, um, you've seen me before the radio show. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my papers. It's kind of good stress. I'm looking forward to going on uh, the radio and I'm aware that I want to be prepared. So it's good stress. Um, And I'm able to um, uh, stretch myself or any kind of new experiences can be good stress. But what we're focusing on today is um, bad stress. So the definition, and there isn't really a universal definition of stress, but stress is our body's response to everyday stresses, to everyday events. And usually there's a beginning and a middle and an end. Something stresses me out, I deal with it, and then I recover from it, often because the event has gone away. So let's give an example. Let's say that you're a radio DJ and your name is Sarah, just hypothetical, and you think it's Tuesday, so you don't know that Gavin Sharp is coming into the studio. So there would possibly be that short Um, short-term response in your body to the event and that activates what we call the stress response so you might have got a bit heartbeat might have gone a bit faster bit of adrenaline oh god what we're talking about today and then within a few minutes it's done and it's over when that stressor actually starts to overwhelm us then we're talking about the stress that we really associate with which is that lingering stress And that's what has a 
profound impact on us mentally, physically, and emotionally. And you think, very very well said, actually. I mean, you just explained my last 20 <laughs> minutes here in the studio. Uh, but do you think being stressed, as you, you just said, do you think it's also because we've lost contact with maybe our, our inner selves and in being able to control it and say, OK, well, how, you know, put it in prioritise why we're feeling stressed and maybe go back to just making it in the position it should be and not kind of over-dramatising it. Do you think that has I an think effect? There is a, yes, I think there is a tendency that we over-dramatise it. And so part of which we'll talk about, I know, later in the programme, which is, well, how do I bring myself back? Because in the moment, this event, you know, not the one that we're talking about, but this event feels like it's overwhelming me. I'm starting to feel more anxious, more irritable, um, and I might start to get a headache or a stomachache. So how can I ground myself? Because in that moment, what you're capturing is exactly what it feels like. I feel overwhelmed mm. by my res the resources that I have available to cope with this event. Okay, we have a question from a listener. Hi, Sarah and Gavin. How would I know if my wife is burned out? And she says she thrives on the long hours and the thrill of her career, and yet she is constantly working and stressed out. What do I need to watch out for? How can I help her understand if I see that she is burning out? And many questions I know, but have, do you have any answers, Gavin? Well, well, we'll we'll talk about burnout shortly, but there are certain things in the work context that will contribute to us being more stressed and and it is difficult because sometimes we're in denial and we tell ourselves well i love it i love the chase and this is what motivates me so i would ask her to reflect on um the difference i think between thriving on stress and moving towards chronic stress or burnout is when we start to feel that there's a lack of control over our work um, there's a lack of recognition in the workplace. We start to find the work less challenging. Um, we're starting to find the pressure overwhelming. Those are the signs that I'm moving from, this isn't just something which I'm thriving on, and the, the th I think you said like the thrill, but I'm actually starting to move towards, these are some of the red flags. I don't feel in control. I've got to work longer hours. Nobody's noticing me. I can't really be bothered. Once I'm moving into that arena, I'm moving towards burnout. Okay, and burnouts have always existed in society or is it something, is it, is it a new, new I, thing? I, I think it's always existed. I'm not sure necessarily we might have called it that. Um, but uh, yes, it's always existed, which is that point where we just become com depleted and completely drained. Uh, so yes, it's always existed. And we often hear about people having heart attacks or similar uh, due to stress. What's the link between stress and your physical health? So really important question. And if, you know, if listeners take nothing else away from the show today, apart from all the fun and the music and everything else, but from our hour, it's the link between stress and physical health. So it is the two go hand in hand because stress is my body's response. 
And what we don't realise, you know, someone said to me recently, and I'm sorry if people are having breakfast, but I've got really bad diarrhoea and I can't get rid of it. And so I sort of asked, well, what's going on in your life at the moment? Because as always with anything medical, go see the doctor, check that out. Often the doctor says, no, done the blood tests, there's nothing wrong. And very often when we start to look at things that are happening in our body, diarrhea, diabetes, sexual dysfunction, these are stress-related. So if I break it down, let's almost go back to the definition. So something happens, there's an event. The event is stressful. What happens is my brain will send signal to my adrenal glands and says, Gavin, something really stressful is going on. So I'm going to release all these hormones that are going to enable you to have all the energy and the resources you need to fight the stress. And those hormones are what we call uh, cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. And those hormones are fantastic. And they do things like they they, they raise my blood pressure. They release glucose to my muscles. So, you know, sometimes someone will say it was such a stressful event and I don't know how I got through it or I didn't feel any pain at the time. That's because those hormones, I've got my body fighting the stressful event. Here's the problem. Sometimes our body doesn't know that the stressful event is over and those hormones cause havoc. So, for example, um, I mentioned that the body will release glucose, the liver will release glucose. Um, But if it keeps releasing the glucose, eventually I'm at risk for diabetes. Um, Stress changes my gut bacteria. So it's going to affect how quickly food moves through my body. I might be constipated, bloated. The diarrhea. I'm going to leave diarrhea behind now because it's breakfast. Um, so um, my muscles may stay tense. I may get chronic muscle pain because, again, those hormones have tightened my muscles. That's why I don't feel so much pain. They've energized me. But actually, my body needs to know that the stressful event is over. And the heart attack point, you know, cardiovascular disease is so linked to stress because what the stress response does is it fires all of these, um, the the blood to to go through my veins much faster. That's great in the short term, but it's not great if it keeps going on like a fire hose. So long-winded answer to the question, and it's a bit dry, but there is a direct correlation between stress and physical health. Okay, another question from a listener. Uh, Hi, Sarah and Gavin. At the cost of being controversial, Mm. how can you not be stressed in Monaco where everybody is thinner than you, more beautiful, with more money, better holidays, better clothes? It's hard to keep up. Any suggestions on how to manage this? Move to Nice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. Didn't I say that? No one's got any money. We're all drunks. (laughs) We have a good time. I think that is... For me, that might be the difference between stress and anxiety. Um, And it might be more sort of kind of low self-esteem because it is difficult living in Monaco because, absolutely right, that everyone's got a bigger car or you've got got a nice car and Fred Nixgore's got a boat. And I think I've said this on the show before, 
um, the Eleanor Roosevelt quote that comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's about what we have to do is work on ourselves that I'm comfortable with me being the way I am. Uh, and um, so I'm going to work on my self-esteem and my self-compassion uh, and um, not allow those things to cause me the same amount of anxiety. So you just take you stop comparing yourself and take a step back maybe from thinking that everyone's thinner or more beautiful. It comes back to what we have covered before, haven't we, about your self-esteem and, uh, and being confident so. enough. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to have a six-pack, but I haven't got one. And if I, <laughs> if I walk through the, you know, the street every day and I look at the people with fit bodies, um, I can admire them and I can say, well, wouldn't it be great if I had that body? But I've got to get comfortable with I'm okay in my own skin. And... and that takes, you know, a lot of work and it's mm. tough for all of us. And it can be anywhere. I mean, okay, maybe I don't live in Monaco, I wouldn't know, but it, you do get it everywhere, don't you? Of course you do, yeah, yeah. comparing yourself. Another question from a listener just before the news, sport and weather. Uh, how can you not have a burnout culture in the corporate capitalistic world which puts profits ahead of people? It's a toxic environment and I feel sorry for people stuck on the corporate ladder. That person used to be me, by the way, but I got out. Well, I think it's. I think you raise a very interesting point, and I was reading an article recently, thinking about today's show by Ariana. I think it's Ariana Huffington who has this really interesting organisation called Thrive Global, who, you know, has made it her mission to how can the corporate world reinvent itself so that we don't give a badge of honour to people who work long hours, so that we don't reward success as being a what we used to call back in the 90s you know having the jacket on the back of your chair mentality just to show that you're working long hours so i think it's difficult and i think it's the responsibility of leaders and companies to have well-being plans um and leaders of companies they need to engage with their employees so that you need to be asking your staff, you know, do you find your work challenging? Have you got too much work? Is it too much pressure? So I think we're starting to see some shifts. I think companies are embracing, and if something good to come out of the pandemic, I think we are seeing more awareness of stress and burnout. And I think it was the Stanford economists. Uh, I can't remember his name now, okay. Paul Romer, who said, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. So can we make sense of what we've just gone through and companies especially reevaluate what you prioritise and value? Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing is with us. It's the Wellbeing window on uh, Riviera Radio. Uh, we're talking about stress and burnout, marking National Stress Awareness Day. Uh, you can put your question to Gavin uh, by sending it to studio at rivieradio.mc. Just coming up to 20 to 10, uh, we're talking about being stressed out. Are you burnt out? Marking National Stress Awareness Day. It is the well-being window on Riviera Radio with Riviera Wellbeing and Gavin Sharp. Gavin, we're going to have to move on quite quickly because we've had quite a few questions in and we've only got about 20 minutes we've left. We've got lots of stressed out people, OK. <laughs> so, uh, hi, Sarah and Gavin. I would actually like to know what makes you both stressed and how do you cope with it? What do you do? Do you want to go first? 
uh, questions on the radio that I'm not expecting. That stresses me out. Um, what stresses me out? I think, like everyone else, when I feel that things aren't in my control, which, of course, you know, when we all step back, there are very few things in life that we can control, but we like to think we can. So, uh, you know, when the said dog, as, you know, he did yesterday evening, decides to pee on the floor, uh, that stresses me out. I wasn't expecting it. Um, but, but on a more serious note, I think for me, you know, we talk about completing the stress cycle. Um, and Emily Nagoski has written a lovely book on, on stress. And she says that she sort of implies we've got to get out of our head. And I have to get out of my head when I'm stressed. And what she says is that we all want to believe that we're rational human beings and on occasion we feel. And she said, but that's not true. We're emotional beings who on occasion think. So we need to connect with the emotion because it's the emotion that's got stuck. So things, for example, like physical exercise. Um, I heard you talk about this morning about the gym. You know, I don't really like the gym, but I will try and go three or four times a week to the gym because I know that I will respond better. I will be less easily overwhelmed. Um, breathing is if there's, again, a fundamental exercise that we can all do is a very simple breathing exercise. So I've probably mentioned on air before, I call it the 478. And you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for about six or seven, and you exhale for eight. And if you do that for about two or three minutes, you will calm your whole nervous system. So for me, it's probably coming out of my head, physical exercise, breathing. And going back to Emily's book, she talks about affection. And I don't know how they research this, but here's the research. A warm hug for 20 seconds will give you the same oxytocin boost as jogging for a couple of miles. Mm. So go hug someone. Okay. That's me. That's my, that's my stuff. Okay. Um, what stresses me out? Yeah, well, like you say, I think there are plenty of things that probably stress us out on a day-to-day -day, uh, basis. I do try and always tell myself that every problem has a solution mm -hmm. and be grateful for what you have. So the minute I do feel myself, whether it's a work situation, I will step back and say, well, there's always a solution. And in a kind of twisted way, I quite like that adrenaline of finding a solution to something. Yeah. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, something that really stresses... Parking tickets, administration... Uh, procrastinating <laughs> yes. really stresses me out. I will wake up at night going, I should have done that. Uh, and it's mainly admin work, because here in France it's not easy to do. Um, yeah. What will I do to solve it? Um, I think I go and help somebody else, because then it puts my stress out the way. <laughs> and that's one of the proven, you know, that's one of the recommendations. Connect with other people, help someone else. That positive social interaction with someone else um, will help your body relax. Mm. So, and I like what you were saying about just grabbing the negative self-talk. It's okay, there will be a solution to it. So all of that is, we're just, we're slowing ourselves down, either through the breathing, through the hug, um, it could be laughter, the connection. Those are all wonderful things that will help us complete the stress cycle. Because sometimes what we, it's not the stressful event that actually causes the problem. It's our response to it. And sometimes we haven't had time to respond. Mm. So let's say I'm parking my car and someone shouts at me and 
I'm not going to shout back because I don't want to have a fight or and I just walk away but I might still be stuck with the anger. Mm. So that's what the going to the gym or the breathing will do. I don't want the emotion stuck. Stress is when the the um, the emotion has got stuck in my body and I need to let it out. Or maybe when you meet up with other people and you laugh about the situation, the laughter kind of releases Absolutely. the stress. Completely, yeah, yes. That can work. Yeah, well, it's helping somebody else or... Helping myself to a larger GNT. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on to another question from who is this from? Uh, hi, Gavin and Sarah. You said we are all burned out, or the vast majority. Is this related to why there is a mass exodus of people quitting their jobs? Uh, P.S. Sarah, please don't quit. You are the only sane thing left in this insane world. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's really worrying. <laughs> That's just stressed me out. Yeah, no mention of me there helping the uh, sanity. Um, what was it? Um, we all burned out. Um, is that expe- oh, the, the, does that explain people quitting their jobs? That's why there yes, seems to be a wave think, of people I think it probably that. does. There's this sort of, I don't know how many is people, how many millions of people allegedly quit their jobs um, after, both during and after the pandemic. Um, let's just define burnout. So we, we've spoken about stress. I think it will help answer the question. We've spoken about good stress and bad stress. When it lingers it becomes chronic stress, so the anxiety, the depression, um, the brain fog, the, the muscle tension, stomach stuff. And then since about kind of the late 1970s, we've got this definition from um, wonderfully named Herbert Freudenberger, who first spoke about work burnout, who said it's, it's this combination of emotional exhaustion, what he called depersonalization, which is basically, I don't really care anymore, and a decreased sense of accomplishment. So in the work context, what that really means is I'm worn out, I hate my job, and I feel less capable. So those things have come together. And anyone who feels overworked and undervalued is at high risk of burnout. And what we now know, and that's why many people therefore have quit their jobs, I was talking about the gender difference, which I want to come on to mm-hmm. just before the, um, after the eight o'clock um, news. What we now know is that burnout isn't just work related. There is parental burnout. I don't know how many parents, as soon as I say that, are probably sat at home nodding furiously that it's just, I can't manage everything. And very often women don't have the same support if it's the traditional heterosexual relationship and husband's the breadwinner at work, then very often it's the women who are having to take up the burden of the responsibility. Think about the pandemic and how that affected women far more than, um, than men. Um, we can have caregiver burnout. How many nurses in the NHS and doctors and therapists who, from a good place, we wanted to give, and then it got to the point where... Actually, it's the tank is empty. I can't do it anymore. That's burnout. That's the difference between chronic stress and burnout. I just, I don't care. I don't think I've got anything left to give. Um, And going back to the 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 statistic from from the from the beginning about you know is it men or women? Uh, It's more women who say they or report being stressed, so more likely to be women than men. It was something like 28% to 20%. This is uh, research done by BetterHelp. Um, Report having greater stress. 
Now, it could be that women are better at reporting it, um, but it does kind of make sense because women often do take on that caregiver role. Um, and I'm just going to say one thing, because as soon as I put the question, I had an email to say, your question was about men and women, but what about transgender people? Mm. Um, and I don't have that much uh, statistics, but let me just say this. What I do know from my work is that transgender people have a higher level of heart disease um, than the non-transgender people. That's from the American Heart Association. So that just gives you a clue going back to the, the connection with our body. We're actually saying that a certain type of person is more likely to have heart disease because of the greater level of stress. Mm. That's a very long-winded answer to a short question, but and now I can't remember what the question was. But well, yeah, no, it was, it was touching. It was just saying exactly saying like, did that explain uh, the burnout and is that right, why yeah, people yeah. are leaving jobs? And you mentioned uh, I could have just said yes, but yeah, <laughs> you mentioned about uh, uh, doctors and nurses. That's a, that's another point. Going back to prioritising your stress. Now, for example, I can imagine, and I have my utmost admiration for people that are doctors and nurses, because without them, where would we be? Mm -hmm. And I certainly wouldn't be able to do it. And I do think I kind of completely understand them saying to me they're, they're stressed out and and all of that. And I kind of think, well, they have the right to do that. You know, I, I mean, I love my job. I try and do a good job. But, uh, I mean, radio isn't brain surgery, is it? Let's face it. Uh, do you think that if you can prioritise that in your what you're doing in the corporate world as the, as the listener just said about everybody leaving their jobs do you think you can maybe ease the pressure from being in the corporate world and on the corporate ladder i think we want to do work that's more it's important that we all do work that's meaningful and yes we need to be able to um, look at our workload and say, is it manageable or not manageable? But I do want to pick you up on what you said about, well, radio presenting isn't um, uh, isn't brain surgery and nor's being a therapist. Mm. But if you feel overworked and undervalued um, and that's consistent and that's chronic and the same as if I experience it, you're going to get the same burner as the doctor or nurse. So I, so I don't think we can compare. Oh, you can't you can't do that. You can't prioritize. You can't in managing your stress, you can't kind of ease it by saying, "Hold on a minute." Oh, because you said earlier on not to compare yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. So, okay. you know, I, okay. I don't think you okay. can say, well, it's, you know, I, I shouldn't, because what we do is we minimise our pain. I shouldn't be stressed because I'm not flying a jumbo jet. I'm not doing open heart surgery mm. and look at those poor doctors and nurses. No, I'm just looking at my in-tray. And if I feel I can't cope, then I'm at risk of burnout. Yeah, but that's me, myself, and I. Absolutely. So but that's not always a good thing, Gavin. Well, but but it's about your capacity to manage your internal resources to be able to manage what's happening in your life. Okay. And I'll, you deserve the I'll same. Try. You deserve to have the same break and happiness as the next person. Yeah. See me okay. afterwards. See me afterwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, another question from a listener saying, uh, going back, we just touched on it, Gavin's initial question, is there a gender difference for burnout? Do more women experience it? If so, why? Uh, she goes on to say, my grandmother raised six children, cooked separate breakfasts, and had one toilet in the house. Or Lou, if you're a royal. I don't remember her generation talking about burnout. Um... I just stuck with the one toilet. That's just um, it's yeah. Lou royalty. Yes. They say Lou. I Lou. added that bit. Um, <laughs> it's never a toilet. It's a Lou. It's a Lou. Uh, I, I, 
probably, as you said before, I think there was a difference use of the terminology i think it always existed someone asked me last week i was doing an event and said is this what we used to call nervous breakdown mm. yeah possibly so i think we've just got different labels for it and i think it was probably really really tough for grandmother who was probably overworked and may may or may not have been undervalued if she felt valued then less likely to get um to get burnout but yes i think there is a gender difference for the same reasons that just mentioned in terms of stress there's often a lack of support. More women are quitting the workforce. Um, women often don't get enough sleep, particularly if they're the ones getting up for the kids. They take on too much responsibility. So, yes, I think there is a... I, I don't have stats for it, but I think there probably is a gender difference. OK, well, this ties up nicely as we've only got a few minutes uh, left. Uh, thank you so much for another great show. Uh, but can you just tell us, you've defined burnout and being stressed out. So what can I do? So I guess two things, I guess there's about prevention and what to do if I've got it. Prevention is look out for the red flags because burnout doesn't happen overnight, it builds up. So if we think about how we started the show, it's physical, emotional and behavioural. So physical, if I'm not sleeping well, if I keep getting colds, uh, stomach aches, the upset stomach, the bloatedness, um, Emotionally, if I'm starting to feel detached, I'm less interested in my friendship circle, doubting myself more, I'm losing motivation. Behavioural, I'm starting to skip work. I'm. You said about the GNT, one GNT, great, but if you're doing t knocking off 10 GNTs a night, uh, procrastinating, those are the red flags that I need to do some of the things that you and I were just talking mm. about. Breathing, physical exercise, um, I need to hug people, get out. If I've reached the point where I'm now burned out, uh, then uh, what I need to be able to do is I'm going to have to make some changes in my life. I probably can't maintain the same schedule. Uh, and it's just going to take longer. It's, there's no magic wand. But those things that we've been speaking about, that's the stuff that I'm really going to have to focus on. I might have to also change my, um, I might have to change my diet. Um, because uh, of the, the immune system, the digestion problems I was talking about. So I might cut out the fatty foods, reduce the sugar, reframe the negative thoughts that you were talking about. So I'm t trying to help my body that doesn't know that the stressor has gone. I'm trying to help my body recover. Okay, thank you. A bit overwhelming, isn't it? I've just stressed. <laughs> I've just, you're looking very stressed, there, Sarah. <laughs> well, I'm just. I don't know. Now I'm going back to the. Do you want a 20 the second me, hug? Myself, yeah. me, myself, and I. <laughs> no. no, because I guess just on that last listeners, and it does come up quite often on topics that we do. People say, "Oh, before you know, uh, people just got on with it and yeah. didn't make." And obviously, there's a lot that that you know happened before, but maybe wasn't talked about. But I can't help feeling. Uh, similarly to some of the listeners' yeah. comments that we have, that maybe before, because we weren't just centred on ourselves so much, that we were maybe able to deal with things better because life is about interaction. I mean, look at COVID. The awful thing about it, of course, was primarily losing loved ones, but it was like losing that interaction with other people. And surely as human beings, that's what we're about. And whether you're burnt out or menopausal or stressed or this or that, it's the interaction with others that is going to make it a little better. I think we're saying the same thing. I think the interaction with others is a great solution 
to being stressed or burned out. But I think that your, your problem with the me, myself and I, and should we just get on with it, that's the inner voice that we've kind of brought up that society told mm. us that parents, which is that sort of, come on, don't make a fuss, it's not that bad, it's just, you know, it's whatever, you didn't remember the day of the week or just you know, get on with it. And that inner voice is so detrimental to our well-being because what you're doing is telling your body you're not really experiencing the anxiety. You're not really experiencing the sadness or the fear. So your mind is trying to override the body mm. rather than just saying, sure, in the scheme of things, there are far, far worse things happening in the world at the moment. But yeah, but it's more that solid, like, have we not placed, replaced that by looking at our phones all day and looking at our, like, somebody might sit down and say, oh, I'm really stressed out, but they might get up and walk along all day just staring at their telephone and then wonder why they're so stressed and yes. alone. So there is a point about too much navel-gazing and someone needs to say, well, why don't you go for, and I've tried to do this, I, I catch myself sometimes, if you see me in Monaco, stop me, and I'm walking there looking at my phone. I'm not noticing... Oh, I'll push you over. Not, <laughs> I, I nudge them, I give them a good sharp nudge, and, I, and with a bit of luck, they end up in the... And I've caught myself <laughs> walking to the office thinking, why don't I just, you know, for the... And I, I get to my office in 10 minutes. Gavin, just enjoy the 10-minute yes. walk. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, I'm not giving myself a chance to reset. So, yes, we can get all a bit too navel-gazing, but I think most of us have that voice that says, come on, push on through, mm -hmm. push on through. And what that's doing is just not allowing us to release. It's repressing emotion or suppressing emotion, and it doesn't allow us to work it through. And as I said last month, we're talking about emotions. Every emotion has a beginning, a middle, and mm -hmm. an end, and we want the emotion to come and go. Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing. How can people get in contact once I've been to see you? <laughs> <laughs> so you can get in contact with me. Uh, have a look at my website, rivierawellbeing.com. You can email me, gavin at rivierawellbeing.com. And what are we doing next month? I think we might, because it's end of year, it'll be December, beginning of December. So maybe we'll do a kind of best of looking at some of the topics that we've covered over the year. What's what's resonated with you and with the listeners? So that's that's where I'm landing. That's at what we're doing next. Okay, and not, I've just realised what stresses me a lot is Christmas. Christmas. We'll talk about <laughs> stress and Christmas. And uh, yeah, what um, what can I buy you, Sarah? I'm just I'm stressed. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Riviera Radio.